0: John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Grass withers and the flower fades. Word of our God stands forever. Keep your pew Bible out. We'll be. Um, I want you to see in, in your... Uh, in your own Bible where we're pulling all these scriptures from this morning. We're going to be in several places in John again this morning. This is our third week now in our Advent series in this prologue of John's gospel. The first 18 verses here are John's introduction into all the rest that he's going to say in the gospel of John. And there are several themes that are introduced for us in this prologue that John's going to revisit and are frequent in the mouth of Jesus. Last week we talked about the theme of Jesus being the life. And we went through several places in the Gospel of John where Jesus returns to his discussion of what it means that he is the life and this morning we're going to look at another one of the themes introduced to us is that Jesus is the light he's the life and he is the light he says in verse 4 in him was life and the life was the light of men this is a theme that i said john will return to several times in the in his gospel it's clearly a part of the speech of Jesus. John is writing this you know, years after the ministry of Jesus, and he's, he's picking up on these themes that Jesus would have returned to many times, and is bringing them all in in this prologue. This speech, this understanding of Jesus, the God in the flesh, the second member of the Trinity, come to be with us. One of his understandings is of him as the light. So, one of the places that John returns to this sort of language in the dialogue of Jesus is in John chapter 3. We were there. Um, last week this is just page 1055 back a page from john chapter 1 go ahead and, and turn to john chapter 3 there's a whole section here very famous of the john 3 for john 3 16 but that little section there for god so loved the world carries on this conversation about jesus being the light and so look there at that one of the um As we get into Christmas, there's lots of different traditions. I'm sure that everyone has their kind of favorite parts of of Christmas celebrations. Does anyone still do gingerbread houses? Is that still a thing? Does anyone do gingerbread houses anymore? I just came up. You guys still do gingerbread? I've never done a gingerbread house. You guys do? All right. Okay. So uh, that's okay. You can raise your hand. That's all right. Um, You know, sugar cookies. Uh, My sister always makes lots of sugar cookies. I tried them. We tried this year. They tasted terrible. We're going to go buy them instead. Uh, You know, so you have Christmas traditions. One of my favorites is, is the Christmas lights and um just how everyone decks their house out or many people will deck their house out in tons of lights and I don't put up a real uh, great display I just grab some strings of lights and whatever we want to do this year I just kind of throw up what we have and t- plug them in and that's that's our display but every night if I can talk people my family into it we'll load up the car and and we'll go drive around before bath and bedtime and just Look at the lights around town. Um, it, that's one of my favorite things about Christmas. But it's kind of a weird thing, isn't it? Like when you think about it, like we just take and for some reason we decide to put electricity all around and waste a bunch of electricity lighting up the outsides of our houses. I mean, it's just kind of a weird thing to do. Well, it, as it turns out, Christmas lights actually has a kind of a has a Christian origin. That I mean. Light Obviously, it's fairly modern because electricity, uh, if you're aware of this, isn't that old. The idea that we can even have electric lights on a house or in a house is relatively new. But um, several hundred years ago, they had the, the Christmas tree in, in Europe, in Germany, and they would have had a tradition of lighting a candle and setting a candle on the Christmas tree. Now, so they would obviously gather, get the candle and the thing to light it with, and then grab buckets of sand and water because, as you know, a live flame and a Christmas tree usually is a really bad combination. They would only do this a few days before Christmas because what happens if you have a week, two, three week old tree in your house and you put a candle next to it? It, it disappears quite quickly. And so that was a tradition that was had. And the, the German Christians were bringing the light of the world, this, this language that Jesus uses of the light of the world and putting it in with this tradition of the Christmas tree and having lights on the tree. Well, that continued on. They got fancier putting globes around the tree so it wouldn't light the tree on fire. And eventually, like insurance companies got involved and said, we aren't paying for it if your house burns down because you lit a Christmas tree on fire in your house. Anyway, this is just some of the things I found out. And so eventually, we have the invention of electricity. And so they decide to make wire electric lights on your tree. But it's all coming out of this idea of Jesus being the light of the world. And winter here in the northern hemisphere is typically a darker season. It is a darker season. And so as the sun goes down sooner, it's darker long periods, we like to light our houses up. But it has a, a distinctly Christian origin of a reminder of, as you drive around and look at Christmas lights, it is a reminder of Jesus shining his light, the light of the world coming into the world. That as, darkness, as the darkness grows, Jesus Christ has come into the world to shine his light. We have Christmas lights, a display of the joy in the coming of the light of the world, Jesus Christ. But there's something very important. You have to remember, there's a secret to viewing Christmas lights. Does anyone know what the secret of viewing Christmas lights is? You have to wait until after the sun goes down. Thanks, Darren. That was obvious. I walk around all day long, and I go by houses, and it's kind of funny, you know... You ever, you look at Christmas lights, Christmas lights in the daytime, it's ugly mess. Like it's orange cords, green cords, and just, and then, and these beautiful nativities that look so pretty at night, you drive by and it's just this mess of wires and chicken wire. It's the ugliest thing you've ever seen. So if you go around at daytime, I sometimes when I'm carrying the mail, I'll walk by someone's house and I'll notice oh their lights they've left them on they've been on all day but you, you don't even notice when you're the lights out it, 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 when the darkness comes upon you have to go at night and then you can see the beauty uh, of the light in coming into the world well in the same way the joy of the light coming into the world is only beautiful when you understand and perceive the darkness that the light has shone into if you if you do not conceive or perceive of and and realize the darkness of this fallen world, then the reality when the light comes in, it, it doesn't have the wow that it should because you don't realize what an incredible thing is happening that the light of the world would come in to our darkness that we are surrounded with. Do you have you seen those glasses you can buy at um, well, Hy-Vee I think Dollar Store has those glasses you can put on so we drive around looking at Christmas lights. I'll eventually get off Christmas lights, but <laughs> you put on those glasses and they make them. Um, they make they either multiply the lights as you look at them, or sometimes you can get them and they'll look like snowflakes or elves, or you can get and you put on these glasses to make the lights look better. Well, imagine if you got uh, glasses that um, made the darkness. That brighten the darkness. That 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 would somehow you get a pair of glasses that would remove the shadows, would remove the darkness, and would make everything dark look light. What would be the experience of going around and viewing Christmas lights then? It would be pointless. If you if you're working hard to convince yourself and to see that what's dark isn't really dark, things really aren't bad. Then there's no joy. There's no brightness that shows up when the light comes in. In, in one way, this is exactly what the fall has done to us. The fall has our sinful nature, has blinded us in such a way that when often we look around at what is dark and evil. We, we regard our sinful behavior that is against God's will and convince ourselves that what is dark, it really isn't that dark. Um, we have taken the law of God that has come against us and has shown the darkness of our sinful hearts. And what we often do is say, well, I could be a lot worse. The world could be a lot worse. I I could be much more sinful than I am. I'm not as bad as this next person. And what we are doing when we start saying things like that is we're decreasing the darkness of the reality of our own hearts. We're trying to say what, what is dark in us really isn't that dark. And, and what you're actually doing in this effort for self-justification, in this elf effort to make yourself feel better about yourself by, by deceiving yourself and saying that I really haven't transgressed that terrible, I haven't murdered anybody. What you're really doing is you're diminishing your joy ...when you know the the revelation of the light coming into the world... ...because you begin to look around and all you see is gray... ...and the light loses its brightness. All you have succeeded in doing is negating the joy that would be yours... ...if you would confess the darkness that you sit in... ...when the light of Jesus Christ is set before you. All mankind in their sinful state hate the light... What the light does is it displaces and it exposes the darkness. Those who have nothing to hide, those who have nothing to be ashamed of, they have no fear of the light. But the reality is, every one of us in our history and our past would have many things that we don't necessarily want brought to the light. Those who have guilty consciences, those who know themselves to be transgressors, are not fans of the light. And that's what John 3 is telling us. I had you turn to John 3, verse 19 says this, "'This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed.'" Whatever does what is true comes the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. The light has come to the world, and man hated it because it exposes him. We hate the light in our sinful state because what the light really does is it shows you for the ugliness of who you are. You ever had this experience... You know you're you're used to getting ready in your own bathroom at your own home, and you've got you've got a warm regular light in your bathroom that you fix your hair in or do your makeup or whatever you do and get dressed. You tie your tie in a certain mirror, and then you go to a hotel, and you and you think this something's my hair gel's not working today, or a lady might say but this foundation all this it doesn't work. Something's gone wrong with my foundation. What's happened in that scenario? The light has changed. And what you sometimes... you ever find those magnifying mirrors at a hotel? And like you walk in and somebody's left a magnifying side up and you immediately go and turn that thing around? Because I don't want that light. Because what it does is it reveals what's really there. And I don't want to see what's really there. I want to see myself in soft light. And, and that's what the light does. The light comes and it exposes the darkness. If Christmas is all there is in the Christian life, just the light coming into the world, just Jesus showing up, if Christmas is all there is, God dwelling among us, we've been done no favor. You've been done no favor if the Christian message is just the light has come into the world because what happens, that light comes in and you're exposed. You're exposed for the transgressor that you are. Jesus lives this righteous life. You take His righteous life, set it up to yours, you're in trouble. The light has not helped you. The light has exposed you. If the light shining in the world, just the, the incarnation, the, the coming in flesh, the second member of the Trinity, if that's all that has done, all that has happened, is that the light has shown and exposed how dark we really are. Christmas on its own is terrifying that God would show up in flesh show me what righteousness looks like, I'm in trouble. So turn with me now to John chapter 8. Still have your Bible out. Back on page 1062, 1062, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, keeping with this theme, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, now here we're taking a, this is This is something more interesting for us to get behind. If, if we're just stuck with the light has come into the world and exposed our darkness, that's not good news. But here Jesus goes on saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. So there's some glimmer of hope here going on. That though the light comes and has exposed my darkness, there's some way for me to not remain in my darkness, but to somehow be able to walk in the light. Not walk in darkness, but having the light of light. This light, though, it still does the job of exposing your darkness, your sinfulness. It can then become the light which lights your own path. This light will become the source that's working for your safety and security. Light is a good thing. That's how you know where to go. It's what gives beauty to the world. It's what gives majesty to the world. It's what gives life to our very existence. This light we want to have, we can have it how? Following, whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness. This is great news, but there's still a problem, isn't there? Just just live like Jesus. Follow him. And you'll have the light of the world. Don't raise your hand if you think that you live like Jesus does. Because none of us have followed him perfectly. We still, Jesus has come. The light has shown, has exposed us uh, that's well, I need more news than that. Okay, follow Jesus and His light will be your light. Okay, I, I want to do that, but I've already failed. It's too late now for me. I've already failed at this. Something else still needs to happen. John chapter twelve, verses forty-four through forty-six, page ten sixteen nine in your Bible. John chapter twelve, first starting in verse forty-four. Jesus cried out and said, "Whoever believes." In me, whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me and whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. This passage, Jesus is saying that the receiving of this light, the following of him is done By believing in Him. Though we are all born in darkness, live in darkness, and do not deserve anything but to be left in darkness... Through faith in Christ, belief in this one, belief in Jesus, through faith in him, we can be brought out of darkness. Though we have been born in darkness, though we have chosen darkness, though we have failed to follow the light and have lived in darkness and continue in our sinfulness, something can happen. This, through this belief in this light, through belief in Jesus Christ, we can be brought from darkness into light. By belief in this one. Not only this, but jump back up into verse um, 36 in John chapter 12. Says this, just up a little bit on the page. John chapter 12, verse 36. While you have the light, believe in the light. Jesus is speaking of himself there. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. And there we see that those who believe in Jesus actually become children of light. This is what the gospel brings to us. It it first does the, the hard work of exposing the dark reality of our sinfulness, calling us to repentance, the ministry of John the Baptist. Repent, repent. The light comes in and it exposes us for our sinfulness It's what the first work of the gospel does. It it, it exposes our sinfulness while simultaneously telling us Christ has come to expose our sinfulness and to rescue us from our sinfulness. He rescues us from our sin by taking our darkness, our sinfulness upon himself. That's what the fighter verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21 is talking about. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. You could say God made him who knew no darkness to take our darkness so that in him we could become children of light. We see this reality. The light exposes us, reveals our condemnation And then it becomes the light that brings our, the same light that condemns us is the light that brings us joy as that light comes to bear our condemnation. The light of life, being Jesus, suffers the darkness that he might make children of darkness into children of light. We are born in darkness. Jesus, who is the light of men, the light of life, comes into the world, subjects himself to darkness... So that sons of darkness, which is and I say sons in a general term, sons and daughters, children of darkness, may become children of the light. This is the good news of the gospel. It doesn't end at Christmas. Jesus Continues in the light, Jesus lives the righteous life that you should have lived, but failed to do, and then he suffers the judgment, the punishment that every one of us deserves for our sinfulness, the darkness that we deserve to be banished to for the rest of our existence, Jesus subjects himself to, so that all of us deserving of that darkness by believing in this one and what He has done, could not remain in darkness. Be brought into the light. Be brought into the light. The light has come into the world and has come to rescue those lost in darkness. So what do we do? Face the full terror and joy of this light. That's something the word holy is caught up in there. The idea of a holy God. Face the light of and the full terror and And joy that is in this light. This light reveals my sinfulness. What a terrifying thought that is. That every dark corner of my life is laid bare. And I'm held up against a perfect righteous standard. And there is no way I can keep up to God's perfections. At the same time that light has come. And he has fulfilled God's righteous standard. So that all who would believe in him. Be given His righteousness and their wrath taken away from them that they might become children of God. Become children of the light. Hide no more in the darkness of your sinfulness. Confess it. Confess it. Believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross to cleanse you from all darkness. Everyone, listen to me. If you are not sure that you have done this, if you are not sure that you have ever confessed yourself as a sinner and looked to Jesus Christ dying on a cross for you, trusting him as your savior, do not delay anymore. Do not delay anymore. If you are not sure you've ever done this, I'm calling you this morning to trust in Christ. I'm calling you this morning to repent of your sinfulness, to see the reality of the darkness of your own fallen self, your own own inability to live to God's righteous standard, to confess it and to trust in Christ. He has come to rescue sinners. If you've never done this, repent today. Trust in Christ. If you're here and you know that you have done this, you are doing this, I'm calling you to return again and again to the joy that is in this gospel. And then, as we have done this, as we have looked at Christ, as we are currently in a position of trusting Christ, then what? Live two things. Live as children of the light. If you have looked to Christ, if you've been brought out of darkness into light, live like children of the light. Believing there that that John 3 passage, following is believing, believing is following. The, the two come together. If, You don't follow Christ but not believe in Him. Then you don't believe in Christ but not follow Him. They, They go together. If you have been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, as Colossians tells us, then live as children of the light. If you've been given the light of forgiveness, work to kill everything that would diminish the light that you have. Tear loose everything that would seek to blindfold you to the glories of Christ. This is what sin seeks to do this this succeeds when 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 you sin what has happened is your eyes have been darkened to the true joy that's only found in christ sin has blinded your eyes to the light of the glory in christ jesus and has said here's a lesser light that will make you happier it's the essence of sin in many ways look back at the garden of eden God has given Adam and Eve all of these things for their eternal joy and Satan comes in and says, I have a lesser light that's better for you. Still going on today, the eternal light and the glory of Jesus Christ, all that he is for us and what sin does is it convinces us that all these lesser lights might be better for us. All these lesser things would be better and so we turn from the joy that is found in Christ alone and seek a lesser pleasure. Those things cannot and will not Bring the satisfaction and joy that the light of Christ brings. So first, work hard to live as children of the light. Cut away everything that obscure your view of Christ, and you're treasuring Him above all else. Second thing, ground yourself in this light. Go back to John chapter one, where we started off. John chapter one, verse five. "The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not." overcome it this light though it was it was subjected to the darkest of darkness it has overcome it Jesus Christ though he was subjected to the darkest of all realities death itself laid three days in a lightless tomb He breaks forth at the end of those three days into glorious light and a glorious life. The light has shone in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. No matter how dark life and life's circumstances may get around you, do not forget light has come into the world. And he has conquered the darkness. He has made children of darkness into children of light. And in the final day, darkness will not win. It does not win. The light of the world has come into the world, purchasing children of the light. And the darkness, the light has shown in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome him. What are we to do? Rest in Christ as the light. His light will not go out, though it may cloud over in seasons in your life. And if you're not living in a clouded season, thank God that things are going well for you. But listen, life is full of many twists and turns. And the darkness is real. The sinfulness of this world, the brokenness of this world is real. And... Hear this, because in seasons when it may cloud over, the light of Christ will shine and one day chase every dark shadow away. If you still have your book out, your Bible, Revelation 21, tells us of this new heavens and this new earth. John is also the writer of the book of Revelation, I believe. He's the writer of the Gospel of John, writer of the book of Revelation. Tells us of this new heavens and this new earth that On the final day when Christ returns, He will the temple will descend, there will be a new heavens and a new earth. And there in verse 4 of chapter 21, we hear that this, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things that passed away. You've heard that. We, we quote that at funerals. It's a very important verse about the future for every one who is a believer in Jesus Christ. Freedom from this mourning, freedom from this crying, freedom from death, freedom from pain, all of these former ugly, awful, dark things will be gone. But jump on down to the end of chapter 21. Verse 23 reads like this, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the lamp, and its lamp is the Lamb, Jesus Christ. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and the gates will never be shut by day. And there will be no night there. One day the darkness will be gone. One day we will dwell in the light of God's presence. And night will be no more. Gone. All of the darkness that surrounds us and suffocates us at times and terrifies us will not win the day. One day... Night will be no more. The light will win the day. Believe in the light. Trust in the light. Look to the light. Become a child of the light. To have night never to rule in your life again. One day, night will be no more. The light will win the day. Rejoice. The light has come. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the promise we have in your word. Given to us as we walk through this life. The light has come. Has shown into our hearts. Has revealed our own depravity and our own darkness. But at the same time has given a promise. Everyone believing in this light will become a child of the light. And in the final day, there will be nothing but light. The darkness will be forgotten and gone because we'll have you in the light of your presence. Terror, tears, suffering, sorrow, death itself gone. Help us to see it, trust you for it, and to rejoice in you, our savior pray these things in Jesus name amen